welcome to this episode of A Random Trek, a uh, podcast where we watch an episode of Star Trek and then we talk about it in an authoritative manner. Uh, my name's David and you can never forget rule number 211 uh, of acquisition. Employees are the rungs on the ladder of success. Don't hesitate to step on them. <laughs> uh, and I'm Joe and I had to do this this episode of the podcast due to paragraph 76, subsection 3 of the Imagine Every Movie podcast contract. Podcasters of the world, unite! You've nothing to lose but your microphone! <laughs> Very funny. Um, why are your bits always funnier than mine? This week, uh, this week, uh, this time, we watched uh, the Deep Space Nine episode. Um, Bar Association. The Bar Association, uh, which is season four, episode 15, I believe. Yep. Uh, 4th uh, so of you... September 1997. The last century, yes. Um, mm-hmm. So if you haven't watched DS9, uh, or if you haven't watched this far in DS9, we are going to spoil this episode and probably a lot of future <laughs> and past episodes too. Um, yeah. This this was like sure. this was so fun for me to go back to. Like I'm for people who've listened to any of our um, random treks and stuff, you'll know I've been watching through all of them. And I finished DS9. I'm now on season five of Voyager, and like going back to DS9 was just. It's so much fun. I mean, I'm enjoying Voyager. It's good. Don't get me wrong, but no, there's just DS9, something no. about DS9. It's just like it's like the Star Trek happy place, you know. It's the best. It's um, the best Star Trek. Um, just, and you are I mean, storming within, through Voyager as well. I am. Yeah. I mean, like within about two minutes of this episode starting, you have um, Julian Bashir and um, Miles O'Brien stood dressed in like the most ridiculous like. I don't know, like fifth century um, Irish um, like um, armor and things like that, and they're off to fight for King Brian Boru, who Miles O'Brien is descended from, and it's just like or something. It's all just good <laughs> stuff, really. Um, it is. Joe, do you have a plot summary, or would you like me to vamp some more? So, uh, unfair working conditions and pay cuts cause Rom to organize a union of the employees of Quark's Bar. Meanwhile, Worf still finds it hard to settle on the station. That's always a surprise to me, because um, obviously Worf only comes into DS9 in Season 4. Um, Start of Season 4, yeah. Uh, Worf, it, Worf, for me, is the MVP of all Star Trek. He's in most of it. He's, <laughs> he's great. in a lot of yeah. it. And he's great. He's just the best. Um, mm-hmm. And he really improves DS9. But <clears throat> second to Worf, my favourite aliens are the Ferengi, because yeah. they're stupid as fuck. They were a mistake. They were introduced in TNG to be like a villain. Like, ooh, it's the mm-hmm. new villain rather than the Romulans, it's the Ferengi. And then having designed them and written about written these characters, they decided, oh, these these people aren't threatening at all. So they just kind of become like well, they're comedy about four, four uh, foot tall side bits. With, with big ears and like the least threatened threatening looking character in Star Trek. Like, and they're hunched as well. Like yeah. um there's a real uh quite rightly, the, the Ferengi have been accused the, the writers have been accused of like trying to lean on like Jewish tropes in the yes. Ferengi because they're quite like again, I'm not saying these things is my opinion, but like the the common trope of Jewish people is like quite, you know, money oriented and quite yeah. greedy. You know, the the stretch back in, in Europe centuries, those sorts of like bad attitudes yeah. to have. Yes. Um so we should say that off the top. But in the context of Star Trek, the Ferengi are just fun. They're silly. And they always learn a lesson. Like you know, Quark 
is a great DS9 character. as well, yeah. Who... Quark is probably one of my favourite characters in all of Star Trek. Um, Armin Scheimerman is just absolutely amazing. Um, He's doing Quark. a lot with it's... a lot of head makeup on. And, and he has such a it great must take character hours. arc. Yeah. Like they, they, he's such a great character arc and Quark as a character, him and him and like the relationship between him and Odo and um just generally, like you know, deep down he isn't your typical Ferengi who's just money grabbing and he does actually care for um his brother, uh, as this episode proves. Yeah. Um, uh, later he's on also then. he's also a scumbag. Um, he is a massive clear. scumbag. Um so should we talk about maybe some of the things that Quark has done in the past? Um, which are really, really horrible. Well, there's always that episode where the, like, you, you know, the fairly obvious time travel episodes of Star Trek. Um, and it's, I think it's um, Cisco, Odo, and I can't remember who the other one is, but they end up going back in time to when it was, is it Terek Noor that um, DS9, Deep Space Nine was called during the Cardassians? When the Cardassians controlled it, yeah. Yeah, so Terek Noor, um, but they don't, so sorry to them, but they don't look like them. They look like. Um, Bajoran um, inmates on Terek Nor effectively, yeah. Um, and Quark forces them with slave labour to like work in his bar um, for free. <laughs> so yeah, there's, there's one. that. Um, number two, uh, we find out in a it's a season one or season two episode. We find out that Quark has, <laughs> and this they don't they don't hang around this too long because you can't. Quark has um, clauses in all the Dabo girls' contracts. Which are basically like they must have sex with him whenever he likes. Yes. And like yeah. it's in the contract, and basically Cisco makes him like says you can't be doing dodgy stuff like that. No. Um, okay. And like this because the Ferengi are like women don't have rights; they're not even allowed to wear clothes. Like everything's about money. No. There's these rules of acquisition. There's a few few episodes with his mum who like like the, the women the the Ferengi females aren't supposed to like you say make a profit or be involved in any kind of business. Um, and his mother, he goes back to Ferengana, and his mother is like wearing clothes, which makes him absolutely horrified. He's like, "Take those clothes off!" And she's like, she's dealing. She's like, she's one of the more like most successful Ferengis ever. She's got like a real life business, but he's like absolutely horrified yeah. when he finds this out. Um, <laughs> and he's constantly just like having a go at her. Yeah. Um, so, kind of like Quark is a fun character who I think like has a. And we get we can talk about Voyager versus DS Nine later, I suppose. But like in DS Nine, every single like main character has a really decent arc from the start mm-hmm. of the show to the end of the show. And Quark becomes a much more like we go from him being at the start of the show where he wants to pack up and leave because the Cardassians are gone and he can't use slave labor anymore or like you know sexually assault his staff anymore and things like that. Um, so like hey, he like, finds no a way thanks. anyway. He finds a way. Cisco thre- <laughs> Cisco threatens him and he stays. But by the end of the show, like his brother, you know, his brother's a Starfleet officer. Uh, so, you know, a Starfleet, like, non commissioned officer, doing really well for himself. Engineer. His nephew is, like, a, an, you know, in, actually enlisted in Starfleet and, like, you know, is a war veteran of that. Mm-hmm. He is, like, constantly, you know, um, he's, he's, he's married come to, to the um, aid and the defense. He's married to a Klingon. Um. <laughs> there is that, yeah. But by the end of the series, he's like a much more, he's a much softer, more lovable character. Yes. Like he's come to terms with. And, and some know, of the mom. best DS9 episodes involve Quark. Um, I, I remember there's one where they travel to another former um, Cardassian station looking for, I think, for like spare parts or something. Oh, no, I think his mother's been taken prisoner and taken there, so he has to go and save her or something like that. 
um, and they agree to meet yeah. the Cardassians there, and like it's him and um, what's the name of the uh, the FCA officer who comes? It's I always forget his name. Um, in this episode, being to the B, um, he's in Blunt. it. Blunt, 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 him. Blunt. Um, he's he's in it. Um, so he he goes along with him, and Rom goes, and Nog goes, um, and then there's this like really other. Is that stupid... where they like? Is that the heist one? Yeah, it's basically Where, like a like, heist. They run a Quark heist has on the to a, like an assemb- assemble a team of Ferengi. Yes, and uh, yeah. Brunt it's, it's comes like the, he's like it's like the Quark Italian got job him Ferengi fired, style. So he's not. Yeah, I love. <laughs> I love that. That's great. Um, that's one of the best episodes so, of DS Nine. Anyway, rather than talk talking about, about all episodes of DS Nine that are amazing because they are. There's loads. Uh, this episode, by the way, before we get into it, like. I think critical reception wise, this is not often talked about as one of like the you know the classic episodes of DS9. Too much, too much filthy um, communist talk in this day for it to be like. Also, you know. Joe, I think like we get some Worf because Worf is fairly new. Mm-hmm. We get a we get two scenes with Dax maybe, and we get two scenes with Cisco. Like he gets the threatened Quark, uh, and, and there's a scene with with Cisco, Odo. O'Brien, Bashir, and Worf, and like. I'm fairly sure Cisco. They recorded them separately, and they just like flashed the camera between the two sets. Yeah, and Odo's in it like again for about two scenes. There's barely any Odo either. Um, I think that's probably why it isn't remembered as one of the more standout episodes because I think this is a really fun, like really clever <laughs> exploration of the power of unions. And Star Trek traditionally is quite a left-wing show. Like Roddenberry's mm-hmm. idea for the future is that like. You know, we have gotten rid of money. We have gotten rid of like ownership. We we live in this like wonderful yeah, futuristic no, well, there's society. There's no crime where, on earth. There's no crime on earth. Exactly. No, like, like this utopian society, yeah. and like you know, it's actors as well. And Hollywood is like famously left wing. So <laughs> Star Trek always has that kind of like left wing. Well, Star Trek used to. Nowadays, it's changed a little bit. But Star Trek always used to have that kind of like optimistic utopian sort of future aspect mm-hmm. to it and so this where like the humans obviously like aren't just discovering unions like as o'brien says like you know his great grandpappy or whatever was a union man and died with 34 bullets in him or something <laughs> yeah like you know oh he died a hero he no he died, died a, a union man no no a union man is the word he uses uh, so, <laughs> by the way, fun. Okay, I said I said Quark's one of my favourite characters in DS, in Star Trek. Miles O'Brien is one of my favourite characters. Like all of them are fantastic, but like Miles O'Brien is like one of the probably like the lesser kind of appreciated MVP. Like he pulls so much together. Like he he is just absolutely fantastic, and he's really underused yeah. in TNG, which is why I think they moved him on to. <laughs> he gets to stand in the transporter room, Joe. <laughs> Yeah. And like fucking press yes, of course, go. And he presses the button. He works the transporter. I've lost his pattern in the buffer. Um, Great. It's one of the best. It's one of the best. Like, I'm trying to think of a, another example, but he's the best recycled character I think I can think of. Yeah. Um, you know, other maybe than Fraser Crane, I suppose, who's like a character who goes from Cheers to his own show, <laughs> maybe the pinnacle of that. But like, he's the best guy. You know, they take him and yeah. they change him and they and they do better with him. Um, so the episode we get quark's bar yes and he announces to his staff uh, so oh, sorry first uh, we get a load of funny scenes where rom 
uh, is feeling woozy and Quark is ignoring him and mm-hmm. uh, the other staff are like, oh, are you okay, Rom? He collapses. Quark says... <laughs> she says, uh, someone says, aren't you going to do anything? Lita, one of the Dabo girls, says, aren't you going to do anything? Dabo! And Quark says, and Quark says, uh, says, yes, I'm docking his pay. And like, again, like he's such a dick in this. It's wonderful. <laughs> Rom goes to doctors. He's very ill. And basically, really like... Bashir is very annoyed Bashir's because he could have killed him. very annoyed because it could have killed him, yeah. Um, and, like, I think him and, and O'Brien basically tell like tell him about unions. Mm-hmm. Like, they say, you know, why don't you, why don't you form like, do the, you know, form a union. I think it'd be tongue-in-cheek, to like, be fair. I think they would just, like, make it more as a joke than anything else because, like, yeah. a union Rom, is almost like anathema to, to Ferengi. It's like, it, it, it's like the lowest of the low. The idea of a... The idea of a of a union is like the complete opposite of everything that the well the the Ferengi government are like they are the best union breakers in the world because when they come later they say if we were on Ferengi right now we'd have thrown you off this big tower and people would have bidded for your bits of your corpse to take home like that's how much we we are union busting on Ferengi yeah. um so. We get like Rom's like oh yeah yeah well I've got to go back to work because you know I'm the oppressed like labour force, um, but he gets back and Quark in a typical Quark, uh, and I feel like he's done this before like he's just slashed wages Absolutely. across the board, and he says basically like business hasn't been very good, uh, I'm gonna have to slash everyone's wages by a third or fire half the staff. <laughs> so yeah. and then the the, the so. Um... They're like, oh well, you can't, you can't do that, and he's like, well, I can. <laughs> it's either that or I sack you all. What would you prefer? Um, you would think you know. Starfleet would have like labour laws <laughs> that they would enforce yeah. on their station. Yeah, you would think so, and because there's a later conversation where they're talking about how like he doesn't pay rent or whatever, it's like massively reduced. Like it goes back to the first episode where Quark wants to leave, <laughs> and Cisco basically is like, you know, he understands that for this this station because it's like a not a service station but it's like a town it's like a t- mm-hmm. you know it's, it's like a frontier town it gets called exactly it? so like cisco understands in the first episode that he needs businessmen to stay on the station otherwise it'll just be a military outpost mm-hmm. and they won't get like the the international sort of like trade and things that they need for be- that bajor needs like in its independence like it's an important way station mm-hmm. so he basically says to quark like I just won't charge you, and you know you can have it for nothing, and you know we'll pay for everything. It's not a problem. You just stay, and he, and that's why Quark stays because he can make a load of money by not paying rent. Uh, mm-hmm. By which we assume he was paying rent to the Cardassians before. Yes, yeah, you would assume so. Um, and knowing the Cardassians, I, I can't imagine them not making him pay rent. To be honest, so Cardassians don't get paid. Yeah. Um, so from this point, like they they, they turn to. Um, to Rom and they, they say, "Oh, can you not speak to him?" And he does, and he um, he goes up and says says to his brother, "It's like, oh, I beg you to to reconsider." Um, and, and and Quark, in his typical Quark fashion, just kind of goes, "All right, okay, then, because you're my brother." And he stands there for about ten seconds and kind of goes, "I've reconsidered. <laughs> you're still losing a third of your wage." Yeah, he's like, uh, "I've thought about it, and I'm I'm pretty good about this decision." Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> fuck you, pay me. Uh, yeah. Which is great because Quark kind of like wields all this power over Rom up until this episode, where like mm-hmm. he's a whipping boy and he does what he's told, and like basically it sounds like the the, the employment conditions in this bar are absolutely <laughs> disgusting. You're 
Like, can you imagine? And obviously, like Americans, maybe you can imagine because you don't really have a proper minimum wage or anything. But like in this country, like it's really super illegal to like, you know, you can't, if you want to take, if you want to slash someone's wages right now, uh, you have to take them through a, uh, you have to take them through like a process where you give them three or four months to basically like argue with you about it. At the end of which they can quit and be like, right now you have to pay me. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's not easy, but Quark can just be like, "Nah, I'm gonna reduce you all by a third, a third of everyone's wages." Yeah, yeah and and that's just it. So of course, Rom just kind of goes, "Well, um, fuck you, then I'm creating a union." Oh, no, no, because he goes and he goes and talks to um, he goes and talks to the group and tells them that they're going to make a union first, doesn't he? Because then yes. they come back to the bar and they're like, "Oh, we are the I forget what he calls the name of them. It's the Association of." The Association um, of um, Barman Cleaners and Dabo Girls, or something. Yes, something like the that. Guild, the Guild, the Guild, of, the Guild, the Guild yeah. of like. Um, and and yeah. Quark goes, that sounds very much like a union, and 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 um, Rom goes, it is a union, and they're like they all walk yeah. out. Um, and but he one of the laughing. other one of the other Ferengi, uh, when when Rom mentions this, because he has a big speech about like you know, mm-hmm. basically, and this also like, Holly in, in Hollywood, collective bargaining is huge. Mm-hmm. Uh, in Friends, Big Bang Theory, things like that. The reason that the actors were earning as much money as they were is because on Friends, all of the six friends sat down and they said, "Right, well, we want this much money, and if you don't pay us, then we all go." Like so, that's how they mm-hmm. negotiated higher wages. So, like collective bargaining in Hollywood is massive, and like that's what Rom is doing. This is collective bargaining. It is forming a union where you can like defend your rights and say to your boss, like, right, you can't just slash wages or you can't fire that person for, for no reason mm-hmm. because we'll all leave and you will have no labour force. Mm-hmm. One of the other Ferengi says, when Rom says this, is like, you know, you said the word union now. Now, like, the Ferengi police, secret police are going to be here because the they'll FCA. hear about it. Yeah. It's the um, FCA. Like the, Fer- like the Ferengi something... Commerce Commission or something like something, it's yeah. it's something like that, but it's the Frangi sort of like uh, CIA. They're out there, you know, toppling governments and destabilizing South America for fun, um, and they are going to mm-hmm. come and like that's the implied threat here. Where Rom's going to form a union. You've got Rom and Lita and a, a bunch of like essentially unnamed and unknown Ferengi and and, and other Dabo girls. The Ferengi Commerce uh, Authority is what they are called. Yeah. SCA. Um, so we formed a union. We're going to be like, right, fuck you, Quark. We're going to. So they um, they form a like they form a um, what's the word a strike. They, they go on strike and they form a picket line. <clears throat> is the word I'm looking for. Where they stand outside mm-hmm. Quarks and they basically like they're paying people not to go in, aren't they? Oh, they're they're, they're encouraging people not to. Yeah. Um... They're kind of encouraging them to go elsewhere. And you've got other members of the crew kind of picking sides as well. So O'Brien and Bashir um, are sat outside and like. Oh, O'Brien is a died in the wool unionist, as, it, as, yeah. we've, said, as we've joked about. He's a, he's, a, he's a commie. That man is a communist, if ever I've seen one. Um, so he's. And him and O'Brien then managed to get into a fight with. Um, with Worf, who is like... You know. You're losing that fight, O'Brien and Bashir. <laughs> well, actually, it's Bashir. O'Brien, I think, does okay. Bashir gets thrown over a table. Um, and Odo has to yeah. throw them into um, into the brig, effectively. Um, into the holding cells. <laughs> and Captain Sisko comes through and talks to them. And he's like, 
what did I hear happen? And they try and like explain it away, and and and, and Cisco's yeah. like, well, fuck you, you're staying here till morning. Um, you all. That's idiots. kind of like all they're there for, though. Is um, O'Brien mm-hmm. and um, Bashir are there to basically be like they they tell them like about framing it, and they're like, yeah, they're framing yeah the so we get. Like O'Brien's talked about earlier, O'Brien's like, you know, oh, my great-grandpappy or, or whatever, I don't know how many generations removed, his ancestor mm-hmm. was a coal miner or something. Um, and he went on strike and he said that they, 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 they were on strike for three months. And he says two days before the strike ended, uh, you know, my ancestor was found in the river with 32 bullets in him or something. <laughs> and like, but, he says, but the mine, like, the mine gave in to all the demands, and you know the the workers went back to work like with these increased wages. He died a union and, man. Yeah, he goes, oh, he died a hero then, and, and O'Brien's like, no, he died a union man. And you're like, fuck's <laughs> sake, this is too much. This is too much for me. O'Brien has too many ancestors doing things. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um including um, the former king of Ireland, Brian Boru. Um, who he's on yes. the on the holodeck for um, in this episode, this episode um, yeah. with Bashir. Uh, so um, we get they're on strike. Uh, Quark is trying to like come up with ways of resolving it. Um, mm-hmm. We have he tries to like have holograms run the bar. Doesn't yeah, work. holograms of himself. It doesn't work as whenever somebody has like an emitter of some sort on them, the holograms disappear and just drop everything. Yeah, um, so it doesn't work, and that's kind of like a well, fuck you, you capitalists. You know, swine. Um, pay your pay your workers. The FCA gets involved. Um, is the FCA in the real world also like a, a flight? You know, the the, the FCA authority? The, in in real life, FCA is um, the Financial Conduct Authority. So it, ah, it's, you are um, right. Yeah, you are right. <laughs> Don't anyway, worry, Dave. in my in my on. mortgage um, advisor days, I I learned all about the FCA. They Joe is stuff. our money guy. Uh, yeah. I don't. I'm not quite sure what I bring to the group yet. But um, employment we'll law, employment law, yeah, employment law. We're all experts. Um, so we're on strike. The so FCA this is where this is where made... Brunt turns up, who is the FCA, and he's is in a few the first, episodes. Is this the first appearance of Brunt? I don't know that it's the first. I think he's in a couple before this. Um, but he's like this kind of like really. He's like even quarkier than quark. Um, he, and, and he he, um, he comes to investigate it. And by the way, he's played by um, is it Jeffrey Coombe or Combe? I think he's called um, who actually plays Wayu um, later yeah, he on. He holds the record for being paid by Star Trek on the most uh, non-consecutive occasions. Yes, <laughs> um, Jeffrey Coombe. I think he's in Enterprise as well. He is. Yeah, he plays a couple of like he's a few characters, but yeah, he plays. So he plays um, Brunt, and he also plays Wayun, who is one of the. I don't know what, what I forget what the name of the actual like species is, but he's like he's one of the characters. He that... plays Wayun, and then he plays the four or five successive clones of Wayun that we get. Yeah, Wayun <laughs> one, two, three, four, five, and then they finally yeah. kill the last one, and everyone's like, "Oh hell, Wayun's gone!" Damn, yeah. what are we gonna do exactly. now? Exactly. Uh, but yeah, this is a good performance, and we get this character coming back Brunt, once or twice, like you said in the in the Ferengi Ocean's Eleven uh, like mm-hmm. heist heist episode. We get him, and he's really fun. Um, because he's like this, um, he's an administrator. He's kind of a, a bureaucrat, sorry, mm-hmm. but he's also like he he comes across as like a political commissar almost. He's there, and to he's, like, he's really out for himself because there's a couple of episodes where to... he tries to become the Grand Nagus and things like that. 
yeah. um, and he's trying to he, he effectively like takes a real dislike to Quark and he tries to put Quark out of business a couple of times and yeah, yeah him and Quark don't get on. He's not to be trusted he's like yeah he's Quark without the family and the grounding and all of that. Yes. Um, and yeah. he, he Brunt comes in and he threatens the union workers first um, and it basically doesn't take because essentially what he says is like you know uh, what does he say and uh, all your accounts on Ferengana will be frozen. Um, all of your families, you know, will be fined. Uh, if we were on Ferengana, you would be, you know, murdered Thrown by the government for tower. Yeah, for being in a union. And then we get this really cool where Rom says, like, guys, if you had any money, you wouldn't be fucking working for Quark on this mm-hmm. space station. So, like, they can't take what you haven't got. Freezing your accounts on Ferengana makes no difference because you've got no money. And they're all like. Yeah, this guy's talking sense. We have nothing. Let's seize the <laughs> means of in particular has nothing. I think this is when we get the speech as well about um, you've got nothing to lose but your chains. No, I think isn't that later on to... Um, he says that later to Quark, I think. You're right, you're right. Mm-hmm. Um, but he does another speech here where he's like, yeah, we're going to fucking keep striking. Mm-hmm. And it warms the heart, honestly. Uh, next, uh, Brunt goes to Quark and he says, I'm going to fuck your shit up. <laughs> Get your brother in line. Yeah. Uh, so Quark, like all good capitalists, tries to bribe his brother. <laughs> um, and it doesn't doesn't work. Um, they have another argument and this is where this is where Rom does the whole, you know, the typical line that, oh, we have nothing to lose but your chains. Break free your chains of oppression. Um, workers of the world unite sort of a thing. Um and, yeah. and Quark's just like, who is this guy? It's really but he's cool. reading it's it like from a nice like a, sort of like a, a thing. I think he's been like he's obviously been reading um, about like communism and Marx and things like that. Um, and he's like reading it off a um, off a off a thing in his hand as he says it. Um, so then yeah. Brunt has to like take this into like in power into his own hands. So Quark warns um, Rom that like because he has two I don't know what um, species they are, but he has two like. Big Norsicans. These are the Norsicans. same dudes who um, stabbed Captain Picard through the heart. Damn bastards! Not the same exact aliens, but like the no. um, the same species. But I should say, as a bit of trivia, Joe, because I was just reading that. You know, these Norsicans are like playing darts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently, they were played by two professional darts players, well, we like go. cameoed basically. That's they don't have any lines or anything, but like they put these two professional darts players in huh. Norsican makeup. So they could stand in the background of a shot and play darts convincingly. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's weird because I know O'Brien and um, Bashir play darts quite frequently throughout the show. Um, yeah, and then because it's really weird because they're doing it throughout, and then there's the episode where they find out that um, Bashir is genetically enhanced. He's basically been like throwing games to make it fair. Um, so O'Brien that, makes him stand further onwards. back. Yeah, he's made to stand like four four feet further back than O'Brien when he's playing. <laughs> Fun resolution um, there. Yeah. So so anyway, um, Brunt comes up to he, he, he warns so Quark warns Rom that you know they'll do something they like that you know they'll kill him or they'll beat him up. Um, these Norsicans, and then it cuts to like the bar and Quark's there and Brunt comes up to him, um, and he's like, well no, because we can't do Rom because if we beat Rom up, then he's the leader of the movement and then he might become a martyr and this sort of thing. We need to go for somebody who who like he cares for. So then he's like, oh, not Lita. No, no, we, you know, Lita would be a good idea because he clearly cares for her. But, you know, her lobes are just too, you know. Yeah, basically, he's like, yeah, we would, but she's sexy as fuck, man. We don't yeah. want to beat her up. So, so then they're like, so we need somebody else who Rom cares for. 
um, and that you know will affect him and make him stop. And Quark's like, "Well, who would that be?" And, and Bunt's like, "Get him!" <laughs> and the two Nosicans, they beat the shit out of him. It's yeah, really funny. To within an inch of his life. Um, <laughs> it's then, a good, it's a good move. It's fun again. Like I do think that maybe the the FCA don't have a lot of like clout in this they're not really very effective um no. there's big bogeyman but i think by having them show up mm-hmm. you maybe have like a you take the sting out of like oh my god what have they done and maybe if quark had just shown up beaten up before we meet brunt like it might have mm-hmm. been a bit more like oh the fca are obviously doing stuff um, yeah and it actually says that you know odo has thrown them straight into the cell because you know it's an open and shut case there's no like it, it's dead easy yeah. and stuff they weren't so, clever they just beat yeah. up quark yeah <laughs> so the, the um so the, the so obviously quark's taken down to um taken to bashir and ron goes to visit him and he's there like quark's like now will you give this up you know you've seen what they've done to me sort of thing and and, and ron's like well no absolutely not fuck you i'm, I'm gonna maintain it you know, yeah, the, man, the, I don't the care if you die with 34 bullets in your back. Who cares? Odo, um, Odo's got them in prison. They're bound to rights. And Quark's like, well, yeah, but I'm not going to push push charges, which Rom's really pissed off about um, because he thinks, you know, you should get them all done. But Quark's like, well, no, because the FCA will just send more people and next time they yeah. won't just beat me up, they'll actually kill me. Um, so how's about we don't bend to their whim um, and just kind of, you know, Yes, then... so Quark offers to initially, like, uh, again, to sort of, like, lie and plead and stuff. He says, oh, well, you know, I'll tell you what, all come back to work, it's fine, pretend everything's okay, in six months I'll give you the pay rise. And Rom's like, nah. <laughs> no, do it now, do it now, and fudge your, fudge your papers. Yeah, so the resolution is that, that Quark gives in, doesn't he? And he mm-hmm. he gives them... Yeah. He gives them the pay rises. He gives them the paid sick leave. That's a really funny joke where, like, Rom's like, we want, you know, we want higher wages, blah, blah, blah. And we want... Or he gives him a pad that's got it written down. And it's like, <laughs> higher wages? <laughs> paid leave? <laughs> and he, yeah, and he what goes, wrong with you? paid sick leave? leave? <laughs> and it's really funny because I just like Americans. Like, I, I pray for you because... it. it in this country, things could be better, but like we, it's legislated a lot more. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, his attitude, and again, it's a great, um, a great uh, performance from Cork, where he's like just hamming it up in this scene. He's laughing at them all. He doesn't really take it seriously until they leave. And then he's like, "Oh wait, shit! What, 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 what do I do now?" Uh... Yeah. <laughs> so he gives them all the pay rises. He gives them all their sick pay and their, um, you know, leave and things like that. And um, and things go back to usual, don't they? Yeah, um, there is a kind of B plot in this episode as well, which I guess we should talk about a little bit, uh, and that is so Worf is still acclimatizing to coming to Deep Space Nine. He joins at the start of season four, um, and he's still acclimatizing, and he's having trouble fitting in. Um, the, the, he catches somebody stealing a load of shit from his his um, quarters, um, takes him to Odo, and Odo's like, "That's fine, we'll take him down to the cells." and Worf's like, oh, I'll give you my statement. I want him to be punished. And, and Odo's like, well, you know, he'll probably get a bit of a slap on the wrist sort of thing. And he, like, finds this really unacceptable um, because he thinks he should be, like... It's his, like, Quark is, uh, Quark, Worf is very, like, black and white. He's, you know, yes. he's, he's, he's stolen from me. I must murder him. And whereas yeah. Odo lives in lives in a much greyer, like, world of DS9 where it is an international space station and they can't <laughs> just have, like... They can't just string this guy up because he's an alien and he's stolen from Worf. 
Yeah, yeah. So you know, military military law does not run the station, which is something that comes home quite a lot in DS Nine. Yeah, um, so it effectively ends up with Worf moving on to the I forget the name of the ship that they designed. Um, I keep wanting to say Delta Flyer, but that's yeah, the Defiant because the Delta Flyer is the one in Voyager. Um, yeah. <laughs> that's the one that they design in in Voyager. Um, so it's on. To, he moves on to the Defiant uh, and lives off there. Um, but that's kind of like the B plot, and it's a very minor B plot. It's not really that yeah. involved. We get some nice um, scenes of um, him, basically him and Dax like flirting. They're like, mm-hmm. yeah, you like to battle, and they're like, you know, they're making eyes at each other. And and after not many episodes, really, mm-hmm. um, but we get a cool like we get a battleth and the the mini little half battleth that uh, Dax has. Yes, um, yeah. which is quite fun. Again, it feels much more like. Well, what are these characters doing in this? We'll just have them off screen doing this. We need, we need oh, another, like, same. yeah, they, what they wanted, they need another, like, eight minutes of filler, effectively, to make yeah. a full episode. And I don't think, I don't think Kira is in, the, Major Kira is in this at all. No, she isn't, and neither's Jake, um, but he isn't in most of the episodes. Oh, um, yeah, neither's Nog, though, but that's mostly so that he also doesn't get beaten up by, um, by yes. the FCA. Yeah, there should be some line about how they're off off station on some sort of like school trip. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But yeah, thank God we get no Jake in this because he's eight foot tall by season four, <laughs> um, and it's a shame we don't get any nog. We should mention that the the uh, long term effect of this um, episode on the greater plot of DS Nine is that Rom quits the bar. And he goes mm-hmm. to work for the Federation. Um, Federation, um, yes, yeah. Starfleet. So he goes Engineer. and like gets a, gets a job as a mechanic, basically. Like, yeah. what does he say? He says, uh, "Oh, maintenance connect um, technician, junior grade, night shift." Yeah, yeah. And I guess the other thing we haven't mentioned about this episode, it was directed by Levar Burton. Yes, um, the man himself, um, Jordi LaForge. He was quite like a he's got directed quite a lot of episodes yes. of Star Trek really, um, and and mm-hmm. stuff since as well. Uh, so Rom goes and works for Starfleet, and like it's a nice. We talked about arcs earlier. It's a nice like development for Rom to be like his own independent character. Mm-hmm. Later on, he ends up marrying Lita, who I think in this episode is still she's with Bashir. Bashir's girlfriend. It is quite a funny episode after Dax and Worf get together, where they, um, where Lita and Bashir both break up, and they go to Riser, um, the sex planet, um, Riker's favorite place. Uh, where My he question to get... was: Do you have to have recently broken up with someone to go to the sex planet and shag well, it apparently all out? It's, or like, can I sign? Can I sign up for that? <laughs> it's a Bajoran. It's a is she Bajoran? I think she's Bajoran, isn't she? Lita? Yeah, she's Bajoran. Um, so there's like a thing with the Bajorans when they break up, they have this like week-long thing where you effectively like have sex with other people that's the way of getting over a bunch of dudes so, and get out of yeah so yeah. but she is like well up for it because obviously he gets to bang as well so they both go to ride she is like, a bang. total pervert and i he think is. by the time Worf arrives he's pretty much like he's done chasing dax i think yeah. in a good way he kind of like they kind of bring it back again towards the end after Dax dies, where Bashir is like, "Oh, the greatest thing of my life is not having to go at Dax when she was available," sort of thing. We get a lot of this having to go at Dax when she's. Yeah, uh, that's, that's sorry. Kind of when I first said it, I thought having to go on Dax, and I was like, "Joe, you fucking sexist." <laughs> uh, yeah, when when we get the next, I did not say next... that, Your Honor. 
when we get the, next, the second iteration of Dax, Erzy Dax, we kind of like retread some of this ground. But yeah, because he like, end, obviously it, he ends up with Ezri Dax, so that's kind of the thing yeah. where he's like, oh, you know, Jadzia was maybe the love of my life, sort of a thing, and I've missed out, and he gets quite like upset because he doesn't have anyone, yeah. and Miles is leaving, and um, but then he realizes that Ezri likes him, and yeah, she has to have well, sex with important... Worf first to realize. But um... absolutely, I mean. Wolf is on the on the on the station. I mean, you're gonna be like, "Hey, who's that sexy Klingon?" Um, they have sex in the jungle, though. It's in the jungle they have sex. Yes. Uh, so this is an important episode for a minor character. I think we also get an appearance from Morn, uh, who I think is my favourite DS9 character. Morn. Morn. <laughs> who is the alien <laughs> who sits at the bar in Quarks, and he's always there, and he never says anything. Um, there's that really the great episode. There's that really great where episode dies, where he he dies. Where he's not dead. Yeah, um, it's a really great episode because it turns out that he isn't dead and he's got like Quark beaten up again. Um. Well, that's, that's another heist sort of episode, isn't it? And they, it is. they do lean on that with the Ferengi. It's always like a, it's always a caper. Um, it turns out that one like of his nice... stomachs. It turns out that one of his stomachs. So he's involved with this massive heist years ago, and there's some like. Um, pure liquid latinum that's missing from this heist and he'd kept hold of it for, for these other criminals and they were looking for it and these other criminals were all rounded up and sent away and at the end it turns out that Morn had like stored it in one of his stomachs so he like yeah. pours it out of his mouth at the end and Quark's like Morn I love you <laughs> it's a fun bit um, but yeah this is a cool episode uh, like I said maybe not like it maybe wouldn't appear in my list of top tens but it's a cool exploration of unions. Like mm. I love the Ferengi. I love shitty Star Trek makeup, um, and this is kind of like the pinnacle of shitty Star Trek makeup. Um, and it's got some of the best characters in Star Trek doing, like you know, some of the best work. Quark, anything yeah. that um, any episode where Quark and Worf are kind of like the, the, the two front characters is going to be great. Um, yes, and it's a bit of a shame we don't get Cisco does not have anything to do in this other than threaten Quark uh, mm. it's a shame Odo doesn't get much to do because Odo and Quark is usually very fun but I think this is one of those mid-season episodes Joe where they were like everyone wants a week off like have we got like a you know who's yeah. the B team <laughs> you know who can we get like Quark yeah. you're staying everyone else like take a half week it's fine yeah. uh, we'll get your Kira you next week see you later yeah Kira might have been pregnant at this point actually so maybe just like yeah, which again is a, is a really, really funny kind of storyline because the way they do it on the storyline is O'Brien is having another kid with um, Kiko. <laughs> with Kiko. And they're on, they're on an away mission and something happens and Kiko falls and he's like seriously injured and he has to move the baby to keep it alive. So he transports the baby into um, Kira. into Kira to keep it alive because obviously they needed to like have a reason as to why um, if you call it Nana Visitor or something like that Nana isn't visitor, it? Yeah. Um, that why she was now obviously pregnant. So well, usually and, and, they would do. Usually they would use blocking, wouldn't they? Yes. Like and yeah. um, you know she'd always be carrying a box or she'd always be stood yeah. behind like a control panel or something or sat down. Mm-hmm. But I think given the costumes in this it, that mm-hmm. she wears. I think it would be really obvious that she was pregnant. Like, so yeah. they just decided, but it, we'll just actually, make her pregnant, it's fine. It's actually, it, the, the child is actually with Alexander Siddig, who plays Julian Bashir, so yeah. in real life. It's his child, so there's like this really fun scene where, because he's the one who made her pregnant in Star Trek by moving the baby from Kiko <laughs> into her, she's like, this is your fault, <laughs> because it's his kid. <laughs> yeah, some funny bits there. 
Uh, I could talk about like bit things Stuff I love about DS9. DS9. I know all for ages. Night Joe. Insane um, Cisco. Um, when he gets really yeah, insane. Genocidal Cisco versus genocidal Janeway. I think yeah. there's a there's a battle royale royale to happen there. <laughs> Uh, I don't think Locutus of Borg can reach the levels of genocide no. that either of those. And characters. I don't think I don't think either of those get anywhere near uh, Archer. So. Yeah, but he's much more like baseline um, George George W. Bush kind of like <laughs> levels of genocide, where he's just Captain. What do we do? Bomb everyone. it. Well, I mean, I mean, yeah. you know, do we want to I'm negotiate now? Nah. I'm looking forward to you getting to Enterprise uh, because number one, you've got to have faith. Of the heart, um, and number two, like you know, we we joke. It's so much worse than I'm making out. It's so much more aggressive and so much more like, yeah, sure. Cisco might occasionally like use biological warfare to like get his way. And, and sure, Jane, Jane Way might Jane occasionally might, yeah. execute people because she wants her her security officer back and she might sure hey, occasionally wipe out we all know she really did it because she needed her morale officer back that's the reason she did it that's not the reason she did it she if she could have killed if she could have killed neelix at the same time she would have done but it's not <laughs> how it works um she's like i cannot look at this half neelix half tuvok thing i want tuvok back if i have to have the alien back that's fine i'll put him in the kitchen again uh but archer <laughs> Is like he's pulling guns during negotiations and like I'll fucking shoot you in the head if you don't and that's kind of like his thing, you know. Um, so I'm excited for you to get to that because uh, you've not got a lot of Voyager left. And then, and then Joe, and then we get into more recent Star Trek where obviously not even Discovery. I've watched much of Picard. Um, so it'll be cool to explore those. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But anyway, I think we're at the end of this episode. Yeah, hopefully by the time Picard season two comes out, you'll be up to date. Hopefully, I'm not far off. Fingers and toes crossed, Joe. You've just got to have but faith anyway. of the heart, Dave. Faith of the heart. <laughs>